You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Hey, what's going on, Danny? It's good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. Got another great show lined up today. Tell the listeners what we're talking about, sir. Okay, so today we brought in Francesca Apostolou. Uh, Francesca is a mother, she's a wife, a teacher, and she's a real estate investor. Uh, we spoke to her about her background as a teacher and how she got into real estate by becoming an accidental landlord. We also dove into her pain point about paying taxes and how she was able to solve that by passively investing in real estate. You know, she's got a great story and uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I know our listeners are going to do the same. Uh, but before we go up into the show, I just want to make sure we give a shout out to all our listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. And if you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications. Just a great introduction into the world of passive investing in apartment syndications. So make sure to check that out. Also, grab our apartment syndication sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at this type of investment. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. If you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there. So make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, let's jump into the show. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest is Francesca Apostolou. Francesca is a mom of two, wife, teacher, and multifamily investor. She's been teaching students of other languages for 22 years. Francesca currently resides in Westchester County, New York with her family. Francesca and her husband have tried traditional Wall Street investing and quickly realized the Wall Street casino was not the game they wanted to play. They discovered the power of real estate when they purchased their first home and rental property. Francesca loves spending time with her family, the beach, hiking and talking, anything real estate. Francesca, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're very excited to have you on the show. We've been looking forward to this talk for, for quite a while now. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us. And we know you have an interesting story, Francesca. So let's just start there. Tell listeners a bit about your background and, and your current focus. Yeah, so um, a little bit about me. I am a teacher. Um, and you said I'm a mom of two, Julia and James. Uh, one is, uh, my daughter is 18. My son is 17. Um, and uh, my husband, James, as well. Uh, we all reside in Westchester County. And so um, I want to get into how I became a teacher and at the age of seven um, and how I, yeah, and how I um, had a passion for it. So one Christmas, um, I remember asking Santa for a chalkboard. So, you know, that Christmas I uh, got one and they set it up in my room and um, I was so excited. So I had my first students and they were my Cabbage Patch dolls. So I lined them up and I had some great students who didn't say a word and didn't respond or or give me a problem. So that was fun. Um, and then at the end of the year in June, the teacher would ask, does anyone want, you know, some old books and, and workbooks and textbooks? And I would always raise my hand and say, yeah, I'd take them. So I'd go home and my mom would say, what are you doing with these old dusty things? And I was like, well, I'm going to have my friends over now and we're going to play school. So, so now my classroom got bigger. I had my, my friends and then I had my Cabbage Patch dolls. And so now I had to use some um, classroom management skills because now I had some students that were going to, you know, give me a challenge. So, uh, so that was all fun. So naturally, um, I went to college to become a teacher. 
And so when I went to college, um, I was I was actually lucky because my parents were able to put me through college. Um, so I didn't graduate in college debt. And to rewind a little bit, the reason why is because of the choices my parents made um, when I was a young child. So my parents came to America from Italy um, with three boys, and it was hard for them, but they knew that in order to have a home, they had to what today is called house hack, right? So they had to, so they bought a multifamily and um, they had tenants that would help them pay their mortgage. So we lived in an apartment for a couple of years as a young kid until my parents could, you know, uh, scrape up some money to buy their own home. So um, a couple of years later, when I was a child, they did end up buying their own home. And, but my parents always thought, how could we use this home, every square inch of this home and make more money? So they would say, oh, we're not using the basement. So let's rent the basement. That's what they did, right? So they house hacked that as well. So, um, so to get back to college, the reason why is because of all those choices my parents made, they were able to take all that investment money that they had from their properties and pay for my college. So that's how I was uh, fortunate. I, I had a liking for real estate as well because my parents did. And I ended up going to real estate school um, my 19th birthday um, while I was in college. I decided, let me take some real estate classes and get my license. So I did that. So one summer I took classes, got my license, and I, I could only work part-time because I was in school full-time. So I decided, let me um, do the rental division of in a, in a real estate firm. That's what I did. I was a rental agent. So from there, I was able to you know, um, see what different asset classes were. There was A, B. See, there was there was um, you know large multifamily with pools, buildings with pools and gyms, and then there was others that were duplexes and garden style. So I got to see that firsthand, and I got to um, really learn multifamily a little bit deeper. But then I did that for a few years, but then I graduated college, right? So I became a teacher. So I become a teacher, and I meet my boyfriend at the time, and um, we end up getting married, and. Um, so we we joined together and we joined our salaries. And so now we're doing the accountant thing and and going and, and you know, doing our taxes and stuff. And it was good in the beginning. Right. So we were like, oh, this is good. So we'll get like a little tax return here and there. It was small, very small, but it was it was good. And then we ended up buying a house and we had kids. And so the tax return got a little bit bigger. So um, but then as the years went on, we started making a little bit more money. So, um, so we go to my accountant and that one year we're making a little bit more, um, but in New York, it's really never enough. Uh, so, uh, he said to us, you owe money. And so we said, for, for what? We have kids, we have a house, we have, you know, a mortgage and real estate taxes. And he says, well, you made more money. So you owe money. So we're like, well, what do we do? So he said, um, well, what you can do is you can want to buy real estate, Right. So I already knew about real estate, but I was just like, where am I going to, where are we going to buy real estate? And it's going to make sense for us. Cause in New York, it's very expensive. Taxes are expensive. So we kind of got shiny object syndrome and we said, you know what, let's buy another, let's buy a property in Florida, right? We can visit Florida on the, on the winter days and during my break, cause I had a lot of time off as a teacher. So we could go down there, we'll have a second home and we'll, um, that, that it'll be, it'll be great. So in 2006, we um, have a place built in Florida, and it wasn't ready till 2007. So uh, we closed on it in 2007, and we use it for a couple of years. 
And so it became a tax advantage for us because we had a second home, right? But then new administration comes in. So when new administration comes in, things change, right? So we go to my accountant and he says to us um, this time, you know, unfortunately, you you guys owe money again. So it's like, well, why? What do we do now? And he said, well, because, you know, now no longer are second homes a write-off. So it's like, okay, so now what do we do? So my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, you know what? We're not making it there as much as we want to. So why don't we rent it? So, so we did. We rented. So we became accidental landlords. So we, yeah. So we rent our property. And um, so the rental is doing pretty well, but we still have to take some money out of our pocket to pay for this property. And the reason being is because we bought it in 2007. The, the interest rates then were six and a half percent to buy a property. And so that was our interest rate. So it was like, and now it's like 2010, right? So we're like, okay, when we bought our home, our, our single family home, we bought the ugly house on the block and we rehabbed it. We took it, we took, we took it down to the studs and we rehabbed it. So we formed equity in that house. We said, okay, how can we use our house as equity and um, pull the money out and buy the place in Florida? So that's what we did. So we took a, a cash out refi in our home and we purchased our property in Florida. And we went from a six and a half percent to a three and a half percent interest rate. So now we're cash flowing, right? So now this one property was giving us money every month. And we're like, this is great. The power of real estate and the leverage of our single family home was just amazing because we we bought it, you know, right and we redid it and we built equity in it and we were able to buy our place in Florida. So um, when we go to the accountant that year, you know. It was it was a rental property, so it had write-offs, and it was it was a wash for us. We were making money on it, so it was great. But then, as the years went on, our one accountant that told us to buy real estate retires, right? So now we have to find a new accountant. And so now uh, this accountant, we go to him, and he says, um, "You know, you're, you're gonna you owe money." So we were like, "Okay, so what do we do now that we owe more money?" And he was like, "Well, um, you could possibly now." withhold federal money from your paycheck, right? So like withhold federal money from a paycheck. Okay, like how much? And so he's saying um, like you could withhold like hundreds of dollars a month from both of our paychecks. So we're like, we're two kids, we have a house. He's like, well, that's really the only way you're going to make it work if you do that. So we're like, okay, so I guess we'll try that. And he's like, and you know what I'm thinking? Because you guys both um, have kids, when you have kids, why don't you max out your kids 529 for their college plan? right? And why don't you max out at the same time for your retirement, your 403B, meaning me. So I was like, uh, okay, but what's going to be left for us? Like giving the, <laughs> right, giving the government a, a free interest-free a interest free loan every month, putting money into my, 520, my kids 529, which is, I understood that. And my 403B maxing it all out. So it was like, okay, there's nothing left for us. He's like, well, let's just try this out and see what happens next year. So, okay. So, um, now, throughout that year, we had to make it up somehow, right? My husband starts working a little bit more. He starts working overtime. I start working after school, and I help my father in his business as well. So now it's almost like we're exchanging time for money because now we have to play catch up, right? Okay. Now I'm just like, okay, so this better work. So now let's let's just let's just picture this. It's a March cold March day. I wake up five o'clock in the morning. I do this every morning to go to work, right? I get ready. I have about a 45 minute commute on a good day. So it wasn't the best day. It was a bad day because there was traffic going to work, right? 
So I pull into the parking lot of my school and I open up my email on my phone, right? And so I'm looking at my email and I see my accountant had sent us an email. And he liked to send us like what the breakdown was of what we would owe. And already in my mind, I was like, I had all this savings, right? So I'm going to be getting money. And you know what? I'm going to go on vacation with the money. (laughs) I've already spent it, right? (laughs) So we get, I get, I open my email and well, guess what? The money that I was supposed to use to go on vacation, I had to pay the government again. Okay. So, so now I'm just like this. It is ridiculous. Now it's 7.30 in the morning and I want to call my accountant and be like, what happened now? And I said, okay, just hold on a minute. Let me wait till lunchtime. So lunchtime comes around and I call him and I said, Mr. Accountant, what happened? What happened now? And um, he said, well, you know, you made more money. I said, yeah. And he said, you know, you made a little investment with um, JP Morgan Chase. That hurt you. It was like, so I can't even, I have to leave my money in the bank and let it stand and like do nothing. Like I can't even make an investment. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have to take matters. We have to take matters into our own hands and figure something out. Right. So now I was at a point of pain. It was like, here I am and my husband exchanging our time for money, working harder, right. For, for an occasion, possibly for when I retire and for my kids' college, and working harder just to make ends meet now. It was like, how can I make, how can we make our money work for us without all that pain, right? So I remember that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Everybody reads it. Uh, yes. That goes into yes. real estate, right? So in that book, he says, you need to have a team, the right team. You need to have the right lawyer and you need to have the right accountant, right? And I'm like, okay, the right accountant. So my account only knew what he knew, right? He knew what he could tell me that that's what he knew. And that's, that's what he told me. Right. So I'm like, well, who's rich dad, poor dad's accountant. I was like, I need to get a hold of who this person is. Right. So I look up and it's Tom Wheelwright. So I pick up his book, right. Tax-free wealth by Tom Wheelwright. And now I'm intrigued. It had a common thread in it, right. It had own your own business and real estate, two common threads. So it was like, when I looked at my tax return, my real estate was giving me a cash flow. So there was something true to that, right? But how can I make it into a business? That I didn't know how to do. So my husband and I were like trying to brainstorm. And so we end up like really um, educating ourselves, reading more books, listening to podcasts. But when we're doing that, we're hearing all this vocabulary. We're hearing NOI. ROI, cap rate. And it was like, what is all this stuff? And I don't understand it. You know, like I need to be, how do I, can I apply this? Right. Right. So um, it's like, even like a teacher, as a teacher, right. When you are teaching your students, you really need to front load the vocabulary first so they can understand what they're about to read. Right. And you need to give them some relatable topics on, on what it, what it's, what the story is going to be about. Right. Because you can't just expect them to understand it, especially if it's something like Hamlet, let's just say. So it was like, how can I, how can I understand this better? So I, I'm listening to Real About Profits by Jake and Gino. And um, I reach out to Gino on Bigger Pockets. And uh, I said to him, you know, I really would love to get to know you guys and, and understand what you guys are about. So he invited us out to his um, conference that he had out in Orlando. So we go out to that his MM3, it's multifamily mastery live, and um, we meet so many great people. I mean, now we're networking with other investors and we're networking with just great people that are doing it and, and crushing it. 
And some people are just learning. So it's like, how can we be a part of this and, and learn more? So, um, so we decided to join the program, Jake and Gino, and um, we, and, and not only did we learn and educate ourselves, um, but we built a network, right, of people that we're able to talk to and learn from, right? Whether they're just learning or they have hundreds of units or thousands of units. Everyone is so kind and they, you wanna, and they want to teach you. So, you know, it was also where at this point, I also started scaling back from putting money into my 403B, right? Because I also read another book called um, Killing Sacred Cows by Garrett Gunderson, right? And if you read this book, it'll tell you how you should invest your money and um, how real estate is really one of the better vehicles. So it was like, okay, so now I started scaling back from my 403B, but now I needed to do something with this money. So I was like, okay, I want to try out what it's like to be a passive investor, right? Yes. So let me, let me try this out, see what that's like. So I do. So we, when we joined this team with uh, Jake and Gino, we networked with great sponsors out there that, um, that have been doing it for years. So I said, I need a proof of concept on what this is going to look like, right? So we decide, um, let's try it. So we did. So I took some of my 403B money and um, I invested in a syndication. So if any of your listeners out there, I mean, I'm sure there's people that are listening that understand real estate and I'm sure there's people that are just learning, right? So what is syndication? This is another vehicle, right? That people can Absolutely. use to, right? To um, invest, yep. in real, invest in real estate, invest their money to work for them now, right? How could you make your money work for you now? And this is a great vehicle to use if you're looking to make it work for you now and not waiting for that uh, event, right? That retirement event um, or, that, or that college event. Um, so so we, we did, we invested. And so now we're knowing what it feels like to get dividends and to have a tax advantage, right? Not only are we getting dividends, we're also having a tax advantage. And that's exactly what we were looking for as being two W-2 workers that like our jobs, you know, we like what we do, but it's like, it's something that you don't hear about. It's something that the only, like if, if I'm in the teacher's lounge, people aren't talking about syndication. No. They're not talking, they're talking about investing in your 403B and they're talking about your pension, right? That's all they're talking about. That's what we talk about, right? That's what teachers, because you, you surround yourself, the five people you surround yourself with, that's what you become, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I say I want to dive in real quick because you you brought up a lot of great points and a lot of stuff that I want to I actually want to touch on because I think it's pretty amazing. Your first of all, your story is amazing in itself, and you know, kind of to backtrack, you kind of became this accidental landlord. And you know, to be completely honest, a, a lot of people don't even experience some of the things that you in the techniques that you did. People don't even experience those things till maybe well into their investing career. You know. You, you, you bought a property, you did a rehab on your, on your personal home, and then you did a cash out refi, and then you basically invested in a property in a different state. Most people are, are afraid to go to a city two hours away. You know, you, you've done all of these things and, you know, you, you've, do, you've done a deep dive into your taxes and try to understand, you know, how these things work. You've done so much prior to even, you know, becoming a, just a full-blown real estate investor. You know, this is way more than most people have already done. So I think that's that's huge. And mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty amazing. So good job on that for number one. And then I also think, you know, you understanding you, you keep pushing, you know, you found these ways, you've read books, you've educated yourselves. And, and then now you've, you found this, this thing that can really do what you wanted it to do, which is the syndication, you know, and, and I got to say, you brought up, you know, um, 
Jake and Gino. And we talked, you know, before the show that, you know, we've talked to a number of people from the Jake and Gino group and man, I mean, just all stars, everything, everything, everything about that group has been positive. So, um, yeah, you know, we right. kind of agree, we agree with you on that. And then, and then moving into passive investing, it's kind of like we did the same thing. As soon as we heard about syndication and the power of passive investing in syndications, I was kicking myself. Like, why did I not know about this before? You know, was I just not paying attention or what, what, what's going on there? But the power of passive investing is really what drove us to start this podcast. I mean, that's yeah. really, that's really what it is. Cause like you said, you know, tax benefits, just putting your W2 dollars to work, all of these things, this is so important. So your money can make, you know, can grow while you sleep and then you're getting all these benefits. So yeah, we're totally in agreement with you about passive investing. And um, I think that's pretty, pretty amazing. So going forward right now, so you've, you've, you've come into the group, uh, you know, you've connected with Jake and Gino, you, you've decided to dive into passive investing. What's your current focus now? Are you, are you doing more of the syndication side? What are you looking to going forward into say this next year? Yeah. So, um, so we're actively looking for our own um, properties as well. Um, so we thought, being able to be a passive investor first would be a great way, vehicle for us to earn while we learn and understand um, how larger properties are being uh, managed and how they're handling um, a, a type of syndication um, and, and to know their thought process, right? And on how they're going forward with um, taking the property and how they're going to reposition the property. So, um, so yeah, but in going forward for us, we're actively looking for our own property. Um, we're we're focusing down in Alabama right now, um, so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for property down there um, between twenty to eighty units. But you know, it's been a, it's been a tough market, and so we're still looking. Um, so if anyone's out there that knows of any deals, so so let me just let me just jump let me just jump in right there. So you you know you're from New York and you you've bought a property in Florida, and now you're looking to buy multifamily properties in Alabama. Why Alabama? Why did you guys choose that market? You know, because there's there's a ton of different markets that you know we can it. invest in. So yeah. why did why did you choose that market? All right. Well, first of all, um, you know, in doing our research, we want a landlord friendly state, right? Uh, New York is not landlord friendly at all, um, and so Alabama is one of the landlord friendly states. And also, um, we look at job growth, right? And we look at population growth. So where are the people going? Where are the jobs going? So uh, that's that's our criteria, and that's what we're looking for. So um, in particular, the prop, you know, in uh, Alabama, the, the area that we're looking in, the, the job growth is, is coming, it's coming and they're building, um, they're bringing in other jobs, bringing in new jobs and also um, population is growing. So that's what we look at. And that's why Alabama and um, if we had to look anywhere else, it's going to be the same criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Going to be, but number one, it's got to be landlord friendly uh, and job growth, right? So those two things. Um, is what drives us to different markets. I think you make a lot of great points there. And, and it's funny because we just had a conversation kind of about this, uh, something similar to this, but it's, you know, the whole idea of investing in secondary markets. And, you know, you have a lot of the, the people fleeing the, the primary markets right now, as you well know, and, you know, they're going to different states and, you know, the whole pandemic has kind of caused this to just kind of accelerate uh, in its own way. You know, we just had a conversation about, you know, investing in secondary markets. And we know a little bit about Alabama and there's definitely some great markets there, especially, I mean, if you can find deals, you know, obviously a deal is a deal anywhere, but you know, if you can find deals in a, in a good secondary market, why not? There's one thing I do want to touch on, cause I think it's, it's, it's important. You know, you have an interesting background, you have a great story and we you know, we obviously love that you're getting into the multifamily game and you've been a passive investor, but a lot of people who are working W2 jobs, uh, you know, they want to get into the investing game, whether that's passive or active, but 
specifically more, I want to talk about more of the active thing right now. And a lot of people kind of struggle with some of the things that they need to do to become a, an active investor or, you know, building these skills or whatever. Have you noticed, have any of your skills from being a teacher and, you know, being somewhat in the real estate game before, but have any of those skills directly uh, transferred to what you're doing now as an active investor? Like, you know, have it helped you uh, become like better investor or really take these steps to become a better active investor? Yeah. I mean, I think it's about, I think it's about who you surround yourself with. Right. I think that um, it's not, it's real estate's the team sport, right? So you really need to surround yourself with others that are doing it as well. So I feel like if um, it's not something you can, you can make a lot of mistakes in real estate um, as an active investor. And that's one thing you don't want to make is very costly mistakes, right? So if you can find yourself a mentor that will, you know, like my, my mentor said, it's either you pay to play or you seek to serve, right? So it's either the two. So if you can seek to serve, find someone that you can surround yourself with that um, is doing it and learn from them, that is probably the best thing right right now. Especially right now, there's not that many deals. Um, They're asking a lot for them. You should act, continue to actively look, but at the same time, you should educate yourself on um, how to do it, on, you know, ask questions, uh, you know, just educate yourself on the ins and outs of different ways you can bring uh, bring a property to, uh, NOI up, whatever it may be, right? But that's all about education and surrounding yourself with the right people. That's what I feel. You're absolutely right. I think there's that's probably the, one of the most powerful things you could do is actually put yourself in the right environment, whether it's, you know, your actual physical environment or just people you're connecting with, right? I think Chris and I, Chris can talk about this. You know, we we didn't do this at first very well, the whole connecting thing. And then, uh, yeah, we had a, it's a mind shift thing. And uh, uh, I think Chris can, Chris can talk about that a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was, it was difficult for us at first, but it's, it's something you have to do for sure. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. We didn't, we didn't realize first, like you mentioned something earlier and, and we see it all over the place, whether it's at a conference or even with, you know, different, uh, different mastermind groups that we know. I mean, even the Jake and Gina group and everything, like everybody's so incredibly welcoming. And like Danny said, you know, as soon as we had learned about syndication, we're like, Oh, why haven't we been doing this? We got to learn about it. Like he said, you know, it led to this podcast. We got to tell people about it. I remember like, dad, do you even know what this is? Why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, I don't know anything about it. I'm like, great. Like we, we need to start passing, you know, the good word, you know, about all this stuff. And, but, you know, like going to these conferences, like that led to like sign up for conference. Let's start to get educated. And we, we go there and, you know, me and him, we just kind of sit back in the cut and just, and even like an easy exit row. Like, it's like, we're just here just trying to absorb. And just like you were saying, you know, like you got to front load those, you got to front load those terms, give them, attach them to something. So I have a point of reference when you begin talking about it. Now I can refer to it. It kind of helps that. And so we're just sitting there just kind of learning. And then also I think being, I don't, I, I think both of us might be, I don't think we're shy. We might be reserved at times, but just sitting back and not really knowing where to, what to do and where to direct questions or anything. But then like, like he's saying that that mindset shift, it's a it's a team sport. Everybody's so welcoming. And it's like the very next meetup that we go to or the very next conference we go to, like I'm hitting the first dude through that door. And I'm like, until they ring the bell and make us sit down, I'm just, I'm chatty Kathy with everybody right now. Right. And it, like I I mean, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't think of another industry where I'm sure there's plenty of sharks and selfish people out there. But mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine another industry being more welcoming and more 
seeking to serve. Everybody's so helpful and they want very little, if anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if I give any advice, right, with anything you do, um, always um, do your due diligence on any anyone that you're going to invest with, right? So um, that's why I love being part of the network I'm a part of. Um, I get to you know, we go to events together and we get to know each other. And so then you start to know them on a personal level and you start to also know what their investment criteria is, um, where they like to invest, what their their ideology is of um, bringing their property to a different level. Um, so, you know, you that that's, that's important too. I, I totally think that you really need to do your due diligence too on anything that you invest, who you invest with or in. So that's important. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. You have to have the education and the vocabulary and understand and know how to apply it, right? And even like going to your local meetups, right? There's so many meetups that are online now. And that's even a great way to learn about other markets. Like now everything's virtual. So you can go to a meetup that's, you know, if you're from New York and you want to invest in Atlanta, you can go to meetups that are in Atlanta now, right? We weren't able to do that before COVID. So this, it's all, it's great. It's great stuff that's going on right now. And if you could take advantage of that and network with people that way also, I mean, I think that's a great pointer right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we're, that's, I mean, that's why we're networking right now. You know, that's, uh, that's the point of this, the point of this whole thing. There is one thing I want to touch on before we get out of here, Francesca, and that's, uh, it is passive investing. And, you know, you said you've been, you are a passive investor. You've done passive investing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are, uh, have done some passive investing as well. It's kind of how we got started in this game. And then, so we kind of just want to, I want to touch on, if you were to give some advice to somebody who's looking to get into passive investing, but for them to be able to do this the right way, you know, you've done it, we've done it, but we want to, what are some tips you would give somebody who is, who is looking to get into passive investing that maybe could like, you know, put them in a good light and really for them to advance their, their progress and get that done. Yeah. Um, so I think that you, first of all, it's all about your network, right? You need to network and know who people are. Or find someone that's doing the networking. Um, and if I have, if I'm on this podcast for any reason, I, I want to let people know, right, that there's other ways you can invest your money and make it work for you now than wait until you retire. And it, that it's look up syndication, educate yourself on it to, to know what it is to be a passive investor, and surround yourself with those that are doing it. Um, and do your due diligence. I mean, that's huge. I, like I said before, um, and you know, it's like right now, if you put your money in the bank, I'll be quite honest, what are you getting? You're getting nothing on it, right? Nothing. I mean, it's depreciating in the bank, basically, right? Especially with all the money that they're printing, it's depreciating. So how can you make it work for you now and get in a return on your investment now? So I mean, that's that's the mind shift. And you know, what was great about when we got into our past investing, it was like, it was a way for us to slash a bill, right? So whatever money we're making, we're able to slash a bill and it's, it has a tax advantage too. So it's like, you know, that, that right there, it's a mind shift too, right? Like I'm investing with someone and people might think, who am I investing with? But again, if you, if it's the right network and you're with the right network and you know the right people, then for sure, it's, it's a great way to make money work for you now. So, yep. you know, that, it's not something, it's not something that we're told, right? Uh, as, <laughs> definitely not. At, right. <laughs> and to your point, um, your dad said he didn't know about it, right? So it's like, it's the people we surround ourselves with. My, my mother had never heard of it. You know, it's like, she, it's the only thing she knows is stocks. The only thing she knows is mutual funds, right? She knows about multifamily, but she's never heard of being a passive investor in syndication, right? Because mm-hmm. now at a certain point in your life, possibly you don't want to deal with tenants 
at a certain point in your life, right? right? So maybe you want, you need some dividend money and you need to make your money work for you if you're a retiree. Or maybe you just love your job and you don't want to deal with tenants either, right? You, you love what you do. You don't have time for it. That's another reason why I feel it's a great vehicle. So. Yeah, those those are some great points. And, you know, that's a lot of the reasons why we got into it. But And I would say, you know, you mentioned, you know, surround yourself with the right people, make sure you're talking to the right people. That's that's the thing that, uh, that we talk about a lot. A lot of, you know, other investors talk about it as well. But the number one thing in, in a passive investment is making sure you're partnering with the right people. You know, you got to know, like, and trust them. And you got to be able to understand their background. And, and most people just focus on the deal. Well, the deal is important. There's no question about that. But it's not more important than the sponsor. The sponsor, the person who's going to execute the business plan is number one. Right. And that's where you got to start your due diligence, right? That's right. I, I totally think, agree. I think you got some great points. And, and you know, I think that's uh, it's definitely our listeners will be able to take a lot away from that. So good stuff there. You know, Francesca, this has been a great conversation. I I know I personally, I know Chris has as well, really enjoyed getting to learn more about you and your story. But uh, before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you. So uh, tell listeners what you have going on. Yeah. So um, we are, uh, you know, actively looking to invest, like I said, in the Alabama area. So if anyone's out there um, and they're probably thinking where, and it's the Huntsville, Alabama area. So if anyone's out there that is looking um, that knows if anyone's selling, you know, get, get, please get a hold of me, um, Francesca at NavuProperties.com. I can also be reached at, uh, on Facebook, Francesca and Jim Apostolo is my Facebook name. My husband, he doesn't, he's not present on Facebook, so I had to stick his name in there. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Francesca Apostolo at LinkedIn. So yeah, so if anyone ever wants to speak anything real estate about um, investing in a syndication as well, I'd be more than happy to um, have a conversation with you about that as well. So there's plenty of, I know there's plenty of sponsors out there that have deals that are, that are coming down the pike. Um, so if anyone has any questions, um, I would be love to have a conversation with you about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to make sure to put all those things in the show notes or anybody who wants to reach out to you, get a hold of you. Uh, they're going to be able to do that. Um, Francesca, this has been awesome. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me guys. I had such a great time. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, Connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.